Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, it's Gareth Barker here, not Stephen Goldsmith this week presenting it. He is getting his dish, uh, his dishwasher, his washing machine um, repaired, I believe. The repairman's coming round finally to resolve the problem. Um, so rather than have that rumbling on in the background, um, you know, he just he's just garned, you know. Um, so I'm joined tonight by Chris Witherspoon, who's becoming a regular... Seems like a regular Monday thing where you 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 just come on the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, but if I if I join on a Monday, it means I don't have to go through the the torture of going on Thursday <laughs> show. So, yeah, you know, uh, it's a uh, it's it's much more um, advantageous for me just to see yesterday Mondays and it's Thursdays. I think we're joined by Craig Clark as well. Who was on Thursday? I was. I, um, I, I can compare. Was that, was that Barb aimed at Craig, Chris, or <laughs> other mm. members of that Thursday it, group? No, no. I think it. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Craig counts as an idiot, does he? Craig's like learn it. What do you want, like? You after something? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. I was. I was going to say young man. Well, when do you get old? When choose. when do you when do you get old? Well, true. It's just a number, really. It, I, I suppose. I mean, in football, in terms, for example, what you kind of, I would say, getting getting old. I would be old for a footballer now. You know what I mean? I'd be well past my peak. Unlike, say, Carl Winchester, who's just coming into his peak. <laughs> coming in, everyone's co- yeah, yeah. You are younger than Danny Green, though, aren't you? I was going to say you're younger than you're probably younger than both our goal scorers on Saturday. Is that, would that who be scored right? on Saturday? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, led. Well, I'm 35 ne- this month, so I'm about the same age as Ledbetter. I see you're younger. Well, Ledbetter's into his 35. I will let they're both well past the peak, as, as you know, that's what I mean. But in like real life terms, obviously, now you can go on for many years. <laughs> in my footballer's life, I'm, I'm absolutely like on between 2 pm and 4 pm on transfer deadline day, talking to like, talking about. The deals that are going to happen and what it was like if I ever had a move on deadline day. Right, um, yeah, because I'm well into that stage of my career. I'm hoping um, for this like last. A half year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a last 
PD somewhere. Chris, how old are you? Yeah. You're probably peak era at the minute. Like you're just coming down off the top of your peak, probably depending on the position you play. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, like Chris McGuire. No, uh, he's older than that. He's older than that, McGuire, isn't he? Isn't he like 30, 33 Is or he? something? Oh well. Oh, so he, was, he seems to have been in football for a long time. Speaking of Maguire, I wonder if he is looking for a last move or mm. second to last move at the moment because there's obviously some. Well, we'll find that out, won't we? Maybe later. Mm. Cause yeah, well, there's just there's been suggestion he might. Uh, yeah. He might not stay, might he not? So, but like you say, we can talk about that in a bit. Probably should talk about Saturday first, yeah. I guess. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, another one to put off talking it about, was... isn't it? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean. You know, it's it was very kind of similar to um, the last time we drew two all in, but the only probably the difference may be that we probably played better in that first game than we did in the one <laughs> on Saturday. Um, yeah, I th- I thought I was past caring, but it, it turns out by my reaction when they scored their equaliser on Saturday, I'm really not. Um, because I was absolutely furious. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah, and I think the really, the frustrating thing is, like, you go 1-0 up inside, five minutes, seven minutes, or whatever it was, and then we just, to me, anyway, I, I don't think we showed anything to suggest we deserve to win that game. I mean, I, I said afterwards that, like, Chillingham deserved to draw, and somebody pulled me up on it, and I was like, hang on. They were like, no, yeah, they didn't they deserve fair. to win. And I was like, actually, <laughs> you I, might not be too <clears> far off, because they had really the best chances. Burge, um, I'm sure we'll come yeah. on to, but he pushed one onto the bar and he obviously they hit the post as well. But generally they just looked a threat, didn't they? They had like a lot of physicality about them um, in a way that, you know, we've kind of missed. I'm not saying we would want to play football like they do, but it wasn't like they were really ugly either, the style. It was just physical. And then they got it wide to the number 10, Graham, I think. Is it Graham? Uh, the ball guy, and he absolutely deserved. Yeah. You think he got the equaliser, didn't he? And he absolutely deserved it. No, yeah, he, yeah, deserved, he played right brilliantly. Right. He was absolutely outstanding. I thought. I mean, not hard when you're up against the worst left back Sunderland have ever had. I suppose in some ways, but he certainly <laughs> took advantage of it. Well, I, after the game, I actually said, like, you know, when we're going to transfers at the minute, and it's and it's easy to kind of go on like you know, the last thing that you've seen. But even in the first game when we played them, I know he missed a penalty, but he caused all sorts of problems. I was looking at his stats. He's had a pretty mediocre career, that Jordan Graham. Um, he was at Wolves as a young lad. He's only 25. Um, so he'll be not even in this, coming into his... He's, he's about there. to reach his peak. This is when you should swoop yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, but he scored 7-19 this season. Uh, I thought, you know what, he, I thought in terms of the way we want to play and the kind of job you need for to do, and he kind of did what O'Brien had been doing the last few games, I thought. Like, this mm. definitely disrupted us, made things difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we should, like, or we should sign that player on the basis of that game, but it's just interesting, isn't it, when you look at. Sometimes I feel like in League One, what do you not think we. Every, I'm not saying everyone looks so much better than us, but everyone tends to like every other team. Generally, seems to look so much more organised and know what their plan is and what their role is. And generally, we 
and I don't know if you agree, but we feel as though we were always searching for searching for what we're supposed to be doing in games. Uh, yeah, I, I, agree I think as that's well. a fair point. I think um, I think we, we 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 talked about it last week, but again, Saturday was no improvement on. Let Let's be fair here. Like, if that performance had been served up in the latter days of Phil Parkinson, people would have people would be absolutely furious and rightly so because it was it was terrible. Like, obviously, the mitigation is like the current manager hasn't had the opportunity to to get many players in and put them into the team like obviously we'll, we'll come on to like the ones that he has got in but they obviously the majority of them rather weren't involved at the weekend but the the performances generally haven't improved since he came in and there's mitigation for that like I think the the, the COVID mm. break obviously doesn't help um, but it, it it is concerning the We've, we've talked about it loads and it's been the story of since we came down here we just we struggled to put any sort of run together and like like Saturday you, you, you one nil up inside the first 10 minutes like just, yeah, that just was keep hold of the ball just even 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 if like you're not creating a lot going forward and the ball's not sticking up top which it wasn't alright then just let's, let's just keep hold of the ball and like and you watch, and and I th- I think as well as having a plan, Gareth, there's times when I watch, and the technical ability on show from us is is just dreadful. Like we couldn't we couldn't keep the ball on Saturday, a certain, and especially the first. I know that obviously the the we actually won the first half. But the first half was dreadful for us. Like how we went in two one up. Is, well, isn't is, part of, is part of the problem me? with passing the ball we, or retaining it? This insistence on playing this kind of weird. Four four two, but that he's pretending isn't a four four two by playing it slightly more narrowly, and it's like what, what I don't get is with that as well. You've brought in, you've brought back McGeady, and you've sort of hung your hat on bringing him back. He's an out and out winger. You've introduced Jack Diamond, who is a sort of like touch, he's a touchline winger. You know, he wants to get to the byline, and he wants to run at the width of the pitch, and you've decided what I'm going to do when I bring these two wingers in is narrow the formation. I find that a bit bizarre, to be honest. Um, and clearly, we've had this problem throughout because no one's managed to strike a balance between our inability to score goals and have a midfield that can handle the rigours of the division. But whenever we use two men in midfield, we cannot get out. We just can't get out. We're stuck, tr- entrenched for nearly the whole game. Uh and I know we'll beat Ipswich 1-0, but they only had 10 men. And even when we played Shrewsbury, I would say Shrewsbury were a lot less effective than Gillingham. But we weren't much better from our perspective. We looked similarly ordinary at best. Well, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair since... And again, again I'm, not, I'm not necessarily digging out the manager here, but since he came in, there's probably been one, one really good performance, which was Lincoln away in Eve. Even that, I mean, he acknowledged it himself. Even that, that we could have been two down early doors, and that, I know you, you say could have, would have, should have, and like, but you kind of look at it and you think, well, are we only capable of playing well against teams that actually come out, come out and 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 give us some space to exploit like that game? Because in every other game, and I, I don't even think Saturday was actually necessarily um, the case where they didn't do that, but in every other game, we've really struggled to. To, to kind of get a foothold in the game, like the Ipswich game. Like you said, they had, they had 10 men for 80 minutes. Now, 
the goal yeah, was, was, excellent. was a great goal, but it was the only it was the only bit of quality we created, and I just I watch us and and I'm I'm hoping like now that we're through this this transfer window and they've made some changes, I'm hoping we do start to see a difference because for a team who have ambitions of getting promoted, we very rarely control games. We very rarely look comfortable, and I and I think. And it, and it's a big concern. Like we did at the start of the season, and then it all it all felt a bit. And since then, we've really really struggled to kind of like get a foothold well, in games. And like like you say about the passing, I mean, the, it, it was driving me mad on Saturday just because it was it was just basics. It, it wasn't even. It's not like we're like trying to like break the lines and or like playing no. particularly high risk stuff. But then just he has got players to come back, back, which is we? what. Part, yeah. But but is that going to be the difference? Having some of these players come back, is that going to salvage it? And he's got some new players to to use as well. But like, just focusing on even the players who have come back, Gooch. I know he's not really someone who you think of as a, a ball retainer in terms of passing, but he can carry the ball and hold on to it. But he's got he's got energy as well, hasn't he? I mean, I think. I mean, we we know why we know why Scallon's yeah. in the team because Scallon's the one who's meant. He's to the only one who can do it, though, now. Chris. And he gives um, the ball away a lot. Do, yeah, but but he does, and he doesn't, and he doesn't do it enough, to, to my mind. Anyway, he doesn't, or he doesn't do it effectively enough. Kind of. You need if 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 the the ploy is going to be to press teams and get the ball back quickly, mm. then you need you need more people with that sort of energy and that. And look, Ledbetter has been one of our better players this season, but. That in itself yeah. is quite telling. Like he's he's thirty five he's thirty five year old, he's sitting in front of he's sitting in front of the two centre halves. He's he's not gonna be going charging around like like uh, mowing people down and pushing pushing teams back. And it's like again, this this isn't a slight on him and you you can't criticize him because he's doing exactly what, what the team needs him to do, but it it's a case of I I I feel like maybe we'll come back to the in this two-month period that Johnson's been in charge, there's a type of play, there's a type is there? style he wants to play, which this, well, apparently, which this right. group can't play. And now, we'll, and now we'll see if he's brought in. That, that, that obviously, that's gone totally on the side of the manager's trying his best, it's not working sort of thing. The alternative, the alternative argument would be, well, why is he can't do this it? onto a team, onto a group that's pit, that can't do what, it? Yeah. What you could argue, though, I guess, and you know, we said ourselves, I think, a few times, that in terms of the football at the moment, it has been worse than <laughs> it was under Parkinson. However, it isn't worse than it was under Parkinson in his first two and a half months at Sunderland which was absolutely abhorrent yeah that's and true you could also argue that while Parkinson yes, was trying to get his implement whatever he wanted to do it took him until Christmas to get that to happen but in the in the meantime he was not winning games of football mm. now we have been no. we have been winning games even though it hasn't been great which we weren't doing um, where we changed the manager last time um, but it does go back to that thing and I, th- I think there's been a few comments on social media where people who have been irritated by the performances and the res- you know you know the result on Saturday the result against Plymouth 
it's almost been like, oh well, if you if you if you're leveling any criticism, it's like you want him sacked, and that's absolutely not the case at all. I think it's just, you know, people are frustrated because whenever we've made a we make a managerial change at this level, it's it's not because we want things to be better in three years' time or two years' time or eighteen months' time. It's because we want an instant improvement. Yeah. And I think, to be fair, I think I don't think the manager's under any illusions that if if we don't go up this season, he's going to be on a high into nothing straight away next. I, I I don't think he is, but I think I think people people get frustrated because we, we've seen this all before. Like I hinted at it before, but every time we've had an opportunity to get on a bit of a run and move up a bit, we we, we blow it. Like we look like two two. 2-2 Gilligan, like, it's literally deja vu from, like, just before the Costs pandemic. Costs in the playoffs. Now, and we all know that if... Well, exactly, and we all know that that was what I was going to say. We all know those last couple of results. Now, we're going to argue all night about, like, how fair or unfair, like, the points per game thing was, but ultimately, those last few results cost us, and we don't know what would have happened. If we'd if we'd um, snuck into the well, playoffs. if we'd beat, I no. think if we'd beaten um, Gillingham and we'd beaten Bristol Rovers, we would have been promoted automatically. I'm pretty sure we would have gone up I in second right, yeah. under points per game. So, um, yeah, that might be. And right. if somebody said to so, you in a normal so that's what season, I mean, and, that, and that's why people get, you know, like if someone said to you in that normal season, or oh, you can have, you got two games left to play. If you beat Gillingham and you beat Bristol Rovers, you'll go up automatically. You'd be like, yeah, brilliant. Snap your hands off, and we yeah. didn't do it. And that's that's what frust- that's what frustrates people because, well, you I think you said it, Gareth. Like our form actually against the top teams isn't bad. Like it, 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 it we picked up some good results. The problem is we keep chucking away points against teams that, like, quite frankly, we should be. Beat. I mean, the home the home form is an absolute disgrace, and like literally the only silver lining from it is that the fans aren't in because then. Because this ridiculous myth that's been perpetuated by some in the media, by some some who own the club, that the fans are in some way responsible for loading excessive expectations. It, like, it's total bollocks. The, the fact of the matter is, it's a detriment to us, the, the, the ground truck, because clubs are coming up here, you can tell, and they're, they're going, right, well, there's, there's normally 30,000 people in here, there's nobody in here. It's still a big deal out for them. And it... The proofs in the pundit, like, our form, it's absolutely disgraceful, the <laughs> home form. Whereas our, our away form, we're one of only two teams in it's, the country not in the, in the home games, well, like, home. if you just um, just dragging it back to Saturday, right? Just to make, to sort of talk about the Parkinson comparison again. Parkinson started to get beat with a stick. We couldn't beat teams unless they had 10 men or we didn't score a penalty. Well, on Saturday, right, we've scored a deflected long-range goal and a rebound from a penalty that we didn't even score the first time round. What else did we do? What well, else did we do in the game? A, I think that's the big concern because when that Lincoln game looked like, obviously, like we've talked about, like how like they came out and they left a lot of space and that. But we went we three 0 up at half time, and we looked like we were getting numbers. We were getting loads of numbers forward. I'm sure there was like five in the box or something when Diamond scored the third, and. And you were looking and thinking, well, I think Johnson even said it. Like, there's not going to be any drawn games. <laughs> you'll like, soon, you'll, you'll soon find out you, what managing Sunderland's all about, Lee it's, Johnson. It's amazing, <laughs> you know. 
the audience, I was like, like laughing because it's exactly what yeah. you remember Jack Ross said it when Jack Ross came in. He had this reputation like he either either won three 0 or lost three 0 and he, and he said something about not many drawn games in it. And it's really strange that it keeps happening because, like you said, like on on Saturday, we, we didn't create a lot, and quite frankly, for a while now we haven't created an awful lot, and. Again, I think like a big mitigating factor is look like we have we see this every single season because we're sack a manager a season, but these no, aren't these aren't his players. Like but we'll see a difference. I agree. Going forward, and this isn't Lee Johnson's fault, but there were the general consensus was, and I, look, I wanted Parkinson gone before we appointed him. I did. I didn't want him here, right? I didn't, and I, I remember <laughs> arguing with people in the state. I mean, it was quite got quite horrible in the stadium at times during that beginning run that you were talking about them two months, Gareth. I remember, you know, I wanted him gone. But the fact of the matter is, people were saying, we just need a new manager. These players aren't this bad. We'll bring a manager in. We need to bring the youngsters in, people like Diamond, Embleton, and it's going to turn it round. Well, Diamond's had chance after chance. He's played well once as a starter and probably once as a substitute. He's evidently not that well thought of because they've brought another winger in with Gooch to come back. Embleton cannot get in the team. If he can't get in this team, I don't know which team he's going to get in at Sunderland because it's the worst team we've ever had. So there's clearly a lot more deep-rooted issues than just the manager. However, the manager has to do himself some favours by not probably playing Max Power at right-back, for example, and then signing a replacement midfielder who does the same job when you could have just signed a right-back. We're not going to sign a right-back. So what, is it going to be Luke O9 back at right-back? Or is he going to leave power there? Because you can see why he likes power there. He can cross a ball. He's got a hell of a delivery on him when he wants to do power. That isn't good enough to play right-back. His positioning is right absolutely back, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, he's but now we've, we've tied our hands with like the wages and all. We've talked all of this through and we'll not go over it again, but... Why are they not looking at it thinking we need a right-back? Is he just going to bring McLaughlin back in when he's fit? McLaughlin won't get forward in the way he seems to like his full-backs to get forward. He's not that type of player. But I, I, we'll see him, I, but there's I a reason he's not playing him. But, he mustn't be able to do but he something. Said he, had a, he, had, he said he had a problem and he said he's had a groin problem. Right, okay. Managing, to be fair. I don't so think he's going to play. That's why he hasn't been in. I don't think he'll play him right-back. I, I think he can play there. But I think he wants a player who can do a certain type of delivery because he likes this narrow system. And I think Sanderson's a ball player. I think he can play football. I think he's a good footballer. I don't see that he's going to have this crossing ability that I think he likes his fullbacks to have. Could be totally wrong. But the power at right-back thing needs to end soon. But hopefully not by putting O'Neill there because I'd really quite like to see O'Neill come into the midfield. I think when he came on as a sub on the weekend, he looked... He looked good. In patches, he's got a good touch. He moves the ball quickly. Exactly. It's, it's energy he, as well. It's it's the energy that, and that's what we've been. That's what we've been crying out. Like we've been crying out for it for years. But like, um, we we don't move. We don't move the ball quick enough. And like I think, um, I mean it. It doesn't at the at the time of speaking. It doesn't look like Maguire's going to go. But I think it's understandable why the. The, the rumor is that he that he's not wanted kind of thing, and why he hasn't really been playing is because, quite frankly, Maguire slows the game down, and we've got too many players already who do that. Like that, really, 
I think with them both getting on, you can't afford to have both McGee no. and Maguire in the team because they're gonna they're gonna slow the game down. It's certainly not the sort of football that this manager's hinted that he wants. So, so and I, I agree. I think, and it was funny actually because last week I completely forgot that Onan could even play there. But that that is what we need. That's what we need some energy. And I think I think again, this is why there's been a bit bit of confusion really about the Winchester signing because I think we all looked at it and thought, well, if we're going to sign a central midfielder, should we not be signing one who adds something different? Now, whereas so far, based on what we've seen, Winchester's very much a kind of, he's going to swap with Ledbetter. And it it just, it feels like we've got a lot of players who already can play in that role. And I, I, I do agree. I think on power, yeah, I would agree. I don't, I don't think. He's, I just. I don't think he's alright. I, I look at it and I look at the group of players we've got and what they can do, and you kind of look at what's being brought in. If he's going to stick with this setup, I, I don't see how it's going to work. I, maybe, maybe there's going to be a moment right where it's going to click, but at the minute, it just doesn't look but like it it's going to function. It, we can't dominate long enough periods of the game, and we aren't strong enough at the back to not dominate long enough periods of the game for that to be okay to happen. We, we concede too many goals, too, we're too soft at the back. Um, I know a few people have said we've missed Bailey Wright's leadership and I know Johnson himself uh, made some bizarre remarks about WhatsApp and stuff about him and how they need to communicate better or something. And But Bailey Wright's made a lot of errors this season. Maybe he is the leader, maybe, but he's, he's slow. He's a bit cumbersome. He hasn't. I don't think he's been a shining light this season. Willis, Fit Willis is our best defender by a long shot, um, and then probably I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I think, I think Willis is our best. Defender. I think Wright. No, he is capable. That's not what I'm. I'm not saying he isn't. I you, yeah, no, no. I think I think your underlying point is is fair in that really, in this division, your your defensive quality isn't going to be such that you are going to like that that run we went on at the start of the season, keeping like. A stream of clean sheets, and to be fair, actually, which is surprising actually because it doesn't feel that, like it. <laughs> which is, it do, it doesn't, but I, but I, and I think that's because while we, while we have done that, there's always there's always a feeling that like it's we're, we're never we're never fully comfortable. No, if you know what I mean. And if we're not, we, we said this under Parkinson. If we're not clicking at the other end then you, you're on a bit of a knife edge, really. Now, the thinking, certainly after that Lincoln game, was, well, you know what, sod it, let's just go and outscore yeah. every team. And to my mind, like, look, that was the attitude that Ross initially seemed to come in with. And that that's the best yeah. spell we've had in this division. Now, as we've discussed, he's got players coming back, like Hume, well, actually, it doesn't sound like he is going to have Hume come back. He's a big miss, but like Gooch and O'Neill, there's new players coming in who you would think are all going to add some sort of Attacking, attacking flair and a bit of variety. So maybe going forward. But he likes to rotate as well, doesn't he? So when you're thinking about best 11s and stuff, it doesn't really apply, I don't think, to Lee Johnson. He's going to play certain players pretty much every game by the looks of it. But I think, you know, uh, some of these other players are going to come in and probably be used in different games based on the opposition. I think the, the massive frustration with results like Saturday and like some other recent ones, is that we all know that that the league is really poor. This is the this is the poorest league one we've been in of the, the three seasons, 
and like look we're, we're like we're eight points off automatic kind of thing and we, we all know that that's that's not insurmountable we'll get on a run but it's it's every time that like you know we'll win two on the bounce and then we'll chuck some points away and then and, <clears> and, and it's just it's like if is it is it ever well, going to click? Richard made a good point, right, about winning when you're playing badly last Thursday. I agree with that. When you are winning playing well the rest of the time, if you're winning playing badly and then not winning the other games because you're playing badly, you're just playing badly and getting some results. If you are like, you know, the, the classic Man United teams who would win by being brilliant and then win bad games 1-0 at League One, yeah, great. We aren't that. Okay. We're not even close to that at the minute. We're like a middle in League One side well, who wins some games. That's it. Yeah, but I was about well, to say... You say if we're you, middle in, but ultimately like, we're... Like to play devil's advocate, we are sixth now. I mean, we didn't move into the, into the playoff well, places was, at the weekend, which is even more frustrating because you think, like, if you mm-hmm. had four points to our total... You know, I know. Which we should easily have picked up over the course of the season... We're like we're not far off second and, and top. It's it's very frustrating that, that I suppose what I mean by middling is we're not very good. Like but, by the standards we have at this club as a fan that, base and all that, we're just we don't yeah, we're not living up to expectations is what I mean. I guess. I think if you look at it, if if you looked at like um going back nearly two years now, since probably like mid April 2019, for pretty much the entire time, we've inhabited that region of the table between probably about fifth, fifth and twelfth kind of thing. Generally, generally hovering around six, seven, eight, and so it's like it's not like this is like kind of like we had a poor start of the season. It's been a blip like for two years, just about. Obviously, we had like a big break with COVID and stuff, but for like two years, just about, we've been a team that's like been kind of scraping in the playoffs like never really and and I think we're league one nearly like, we've become league one realistic. nearly men and that's just like unacceptable basically yeah well that's the thing like like I, I, I agree with what you're saying Gareth about like the extra four points and that but that's why it's so frustrating because because we haven't done that and it's like this this football club should be this football club should be in the top two like shouldn't be like we shouldn't be like, oh, well, if we're getting at the playoffs, we're going to... Like, we, sh- we should be in the top two. Like, there should be enough... There should have been enough there over the last two years. But we haven't... Since that first season, we haven't really competed for automatic I mean, promotion. Like, we went on that run under Parkinson. And and it's just... And it's really... Especially when, like... Like, it's, it's funny, because I, I think if you took, like, an outsider's view, you'd assume that we've always been, like, there or thereabouts. And the, the truth is, we haven't. Like we're constantly like the bookies' favourites to go up, but we we haven't really competed for automatic promotion for two years. I think you know we, we can use this as a, a segue and try and move on to the fact that we're still in the mix. We're not. We're eight points off, and you know we've we've had the transfer window now. We've brought four players in. One of those players was Jordan Jones, and he said that when he spoke to Lee Johnson, um, that Lee Johnson said they don't want to sneak up through the playoffs, they don't want to finish second, they want to win the league. Um, which is 
good to hear. Like you know, it's it's the ambitions yeah. there. It's not an acceptance of well, if if we can just get ourselves in here, we, you know, we give ourselves a chance. It's it's you know, we want to be the best team. We want to finish top. You know, have the players we brought in. Are, sorry, are the players we brought in going to give us that edge? In the we've got half a season left. We've got twenty-two games left. So I've worked this out over the weekend that to get eighty-five points, we need to go just over two points a game for the rest of the season. To get ninety-two points, we have to go just between two point three, two point four. Came out as two point three six points per game um, to finish to get ninety-two. So you'd, I would say it's a fair assessment to say between that 85 and 92 point bracket this season will probably get you into that. It'll give you a chance of that top two, won't it? Have the yeah. players we've brought in... I would say so. You know, given us what we need in order to to win those games. I'm not expecting anybody to like have any but, sort of you know exceptional knowledge of the players we've brought in. But... You know, is is there is there enough is there enough there in that we've brought four in in key areas that we've discussed repeatedly? You know, we need we needed a left back. You know, we needed something different. You know, in in maybe a wider area, some bit of pace, Um, and we certainly needed some competition up front because White's doing all on his own at the moment. You know, Winchester's a different. Cat the fish altogether. I mean, Winchester is the most bizarre signing oh. I think in the club's history. <laughs> I just do not understand why we've signed him. Can, can I Sorry, yeah, but I could understand. I, I could understand times. the logic behind it. It was just unfortunately very flawed by the fact he's not interested in playing football or any good at playing football. But the Winchester one, given everything, is just what. Like it does just make you think why. But anyway, he's here now, so he's going to have some role to play. Uh, the Southampton left-back, I'd rather... I think you've said stuff like this, Chris, before. I'd rather see someone like that coming in than someone like Danny Graham. At least he's a young lad, he's got a point to prove. Is he any good? We'll find out. The striker, uh, presumably, will be a backup to Wyke. Or he's going to rotate O'Brien with him. But I think it's more likely he'll play Wyke and then use the other lad as backup. His goal record's nothing to write home about, is it? Well, yeah, I mean, we've seen some, you know, stats circling about him and in-depth stuff. I think this seems to be the thing now. It's like if you're into data or whatever, it's like the trendy thing, isn't it, at the moment? That's sort of like slagging people off who are into it. I mean, I'm sure there is a, a level of merit in it. I mean, this is a something deployed by professional football clubs up and down the country through... You know the entire you know four divisions and probably beyond that into the conference etc. Um, I think you should just get Bobby Saxton in as a scout and that's it. That's recruitment <laughs> sorted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> recruitment, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the kind of traditional stats suggest that you know a striker who's only scored one goal in twenty-four games and it was a penalty. Um, 
Sorry, I can't help but laugh at it's, that. It's such a, that's such a, that is a, re- a goal-scoring <laughs> record that belongs to a Sunderland striker like Danny Graham. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it is. It's just... This isn't a poor score on it. And, and, you know, he looks, you know, quite a gangly sort of athletic, tall centre-forward, um, you know, on the two-minute video that you see. He has stuck the ball in the net a few times. Great, let's hope he does offer something different um, in terms of the way you know we play the game in, in certain periods of matches where we might need somebody to do that. Um, he has played on the on, on Y areas a lot apparently, um, which have kind of doesn't really suit him. Be pros play through the middle, you know. So it's not. It's not. I don't think people want to be like deliberately negative about it. I just think it. You don't have to go the other way either. You don't have to be like, is this the like the best transfer window ever? Because it's the same every year. I even remember when we signed like Mark Wilson and Johnny Williams and Callum McManaman in the last sort of two hours of the deadline day. Um, when we're in the championship, Everybody and it was naturally. like, oh yeah, well that's been it. It's it's the same at every at the end of every window. It's always the same. It's like, oh well, I, I think on reflection. That's been a really successful window, and every player we bring in, oh, well, that's a great signing. It's like, how do you know it's a great signing? It's a child from Southampton. You've never <laughs> seen him play football in your life. How do you I've know got, it's a well, great signing? I'm a big fan of the uh, the winger we've signed. Uh, people I've seen describe him as uh, someone who scores goals. He scored once in ten games for Rangers in two years, and before that, his goal scoring record is about one in ten. That's not a goal scoring <laughs> player. Yeah, he, he's capable of picking a goal up now and then but they compare that we're talking about someone who we might let go Chris Maguire he's a goal scoring player who plays in wide areas he would score you 10 plus goals a season now I agree with I mean, what you're well, saying about I'm not fitting as well yeah well there another 10 you know, goals McGeady's McGee, somebody who's he's not at, obviously not at full pelt yet but if you get him into the team even when he's not doing well he's got Three goals and a couple of assists to his name well, already. What about he's not even he's barely been back in the mix. Yeah. Gooch is similar. Gooch has been a consistent goal scorer from wide areas at this club. Now that isn't to say this guy, Jones, can't come in and do that because you'll be playing at a bit of a lower standard and well, you know, a variety of things. Well <laughs> we can discuss the merits and demerits of the SPL. But <laughs> there's a chance he can come in and do something. But we're not signing players. Huh? I think it's, it's because we're in such a horrible situation now compared to where we've been. When we came down, I think everyone thought we would sign the cream of the crop. We'd sign players who were either bottom-end championship, top-end League One. And I know it doesn't always work, and Will Griggs' goal record is a you know, perfect example of that. But if you do the right signings of players who have a good pedigree, they will function in the team if they fit with the way you want to play. But yet again, we're kind of signing players who are, you know, never have been, might be a bit of a punt, might have been a bit of a dickhead when he was at this club and so they don't want him anymore. It, it's not, it doesn't to me, and I'm again, I'm not denigrating any of these players, I know absolutely nothing about them and they could all and hopefully will all be excellent, but there's nothing screaming to them, brilliant signing. They're just like, we've added something. In just the same way that someone like Jack Diamond yeah, he might add a bit of variety and something different. We haven't seen enough of him. We've seen more of him now. Is he going to get? Is he the kind of player who's going to get you promoted from League One? Probably not. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but we don't know until we see them play, do we? Yeah, I mean, I think like it's not it's not trendy to be like cautious and say let's. See it's very much that, there. isn't it, at this like, stage? I mean, with any with well, with any with any players who you sign, unless you sign and like a bloke who you're watching the Premier League every week, the, the fact of the matter is most people aren't going to know a lot about them and aren't going to have seen them alone. <laughs> And even then, like as we proved, like you can sign players who look the business, but if they don't fit into what you're trying to do, like they're on a well, high Chris, Chris just quickly to say, just on like that, Gareth, Gareth I remember you and I did that thing with Stuart Donald before a friendly at the stadium of light, and someone was asking him. So, was that when he was that when he said he left? Oh, to the I can't remember exactly what. But it was actually because he'd uh, apologised to me for. Uh, well, that, that's another another story. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing that I was going to bring up was someone must have brought up something about having money or not having money and making signings. And he mentioned George Dobson and how he'd spent X amount of money and how he got that price down from wherever it was. And ha- was anyone going to sit there? Was anyone, say- was anyone out there saying this was a bad signing? And we were all kind of like, well, no. But he turned out to be a really bad signing. That's nothing to do with Stuart Donald's opinion. <laughs> it was. It just reflects on that thing that you get in transfer windows that Gareth said. Everyone makes the bet. Oh, he's a young lad coming in from you know he captain Walsall. He's played two hundred games. It's all the usual crap, isn't it? And then when you watch him play, it's like, oh wait a minute, he's dog shit. Now that doesn't mean that the players that we are signing <laughs> this time are the same. But you have to be wary that there isn't a lot of pedigree there because they've even not played a lot of games or they've been out of the team that they're at currently. The only one who hasn't is Winchester, but he's been playing in League Two, and we've talked about what we think about him. I'm the most hopeful, I think, about the left-back, mostly because he come from a club with a good academy. But I was going to say, like, going back to like what Gareth said right at the very start, I think like from the little we know, so as in basically what positions they're playing, I think we've... We've ticked a few boxes that we needed to. I think, like the left back, you got a you got a four year contract at Southampton in the summer. Southampton got a reputation for having a good, a really good academy. He played, he played the Premier League last week. Because I either took one look at one there. look at him and it was straight that on was... loan for you, son. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm joking, obviously. I'm but, jo- I am but joking. I, but I agree with nobody. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, like there's a bit of there's certainly there's a successful Premier League club there. Who clearly think he's got something about him. The other point as well, like in the the League One world we live in now, we we'll have to look at like the salary cap sort of thing. He's twenty year old, so he doesn't hit that. So like, no brainer. If you can get him, yeah. then you can afford him. It's a bit of a no brainer, yeah. So we need the left back. So we've got one. So I think that's great. We've talked about Winchester, so I'm not mention that. Like Jones, I think he's one of them. Like, look, I don't, I don't know a lot about him. Like, I think the fact that he signed for Rangers. Like would suggest conference level, yeah. I've seen something there. <laughs> 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 like currently screaming at his podcast provider. Um, but you know, no, like there's some. The, it suggests that somebody at at a, yeah, a club the size of Rangers has seen something. Now, the, the, the flip side is we'll own uh, yeah. Lewis Morgan from Celtic, and in but but like people, I think especially if people listen to his interview on that podcast last year, they might think, well, did he have the right attitude? So, Well, has this guy got the right attitude? Because, really again, there have been question marks that, from Rangers fans who've said well, he would have been... 
Yeah, well, they've that's said how he's I've ended seen. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's how so, he's ended up leaving, isn't it? There's been suggestions he got so, bombed out because of his attitude. Think, so, well, I think the safe bet to assume with him is that he'll be a typical winger, in that you might have flashes of brilliance, and then you might have games where where he doesn't do an awful lot. You never know. Look, like he might might come down here and might tear the league up, but we don't know. But as we've said, it offers a bit of variety. It looks like it offers a bit of pace, which we've been crying out for, so I understand that. And then I think with, with the striker again, like what we've said, we needed we needed someone up there. Look, apart from two minutes on YouTube... No, I, I didn't I've, know I've who he was. Like, I've, I've not seen him play. Now, I know we've seen... Obviously, like, the we've talked about like the, the data side of things. Now, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm not going to... I'd put it all in the shredder, to be honest, it. Chris. Like I, I say, Sacco's the man for us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 I do... I did just find it, like, like funny, like, there was a thing doing the rounds about, like, his 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 performance against mm. his XG this season. And it turns out he's he's actually massively underperforming it. Like, he's he's only scored two two goals... One of them a penalty when it you would expect them to score like. So what you're saying is he's cl- is what you're saying he's clinical. Is that what you're saying or? <laughs> <laughs> the exact. Oh right, okay, okay. Apparently, if I'm reading this graph right, <laughs> but but on the flip side, last season it was the other way around, and he scored more than you would expect him to. So perhaps he is a data sign. I think, I think to be honest, like look, he's what he's 24 year old, like that's. It's a better age to be signing someone than some the, of the. That's the top, to me, that's the top end of, unless unless you can get a really good player in the prime. Like Winchester. Um, <laughs> that's the top end. Well, that's, to be honest, like, I think 24 is, down here, is the top end you should be looking to, to sign players. Especially so are you writing Winchester off then, because he's 27, because all, 28 in April? Well, did... I don't. I don't know how much we spent on him, so I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna ignore that point that you very well made. <laughs> no, it was a, in a way it was a bit of a, a genuine I, I question think... because you're right. I agree about the age thing. If you are, if your aim, which as we've said, the club club stated aim, Lee Johnson stated stated aim is not to go up in the playoffs, it's to go up as champions. If you're going to bring in players on two and a half year deals at yeah. the age of 27, 28, they have to be ready to step up to the championship, or you're going to be looking to try and move them on immediately which is one of the benefits we've got. If we can go up this season, everyone's leaving for free anyway and we can just start afresh. Whereas if we don't go up, we have to sign an entire new League One squad that would hopefully then get us promoted. You want to be signing, like you say, Chris, players in that sort of 21-24 bracket who can do a job now but can hopefully develop with the team as it goes forward and play at the next level. Otherwise, it's, it's it, we've had this issue when we've gone up to the Premier League in the past, let alone... Uh, talking about going up into the championship, I remember obviously when Roy Keane took us up, we saddled the wage bill with all of these like players who just were just clogging up the wage bill for years to come. And you can't, we can't afford to do yeah. that anymore. And, but, and the the difference then, of course, was there was nothing. There was no. Well, that, that as well, yeah. Us doing that, yeah. whereas now, so like, and I think. And I think that's, a, to, to my mind, like, I know at the minute we're allowed like 22 players over 21. And I, th- I think it might even drop to 20 next. So to my mind, you should probably be looking at like 15 or 16, 16 players in that core squad. And then there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking to pad that out with lad, lads like And this then obviously our own younger prospects. Whatever, yeah. whatever's, 
Well, I mean, they're all. Yeah, I they're mean, all so well, I mean, so I feel like I've been quite, uh, quite sort of uh, hard on Jack Diamond. I mean, people like him who, I think it's a lot resting on him to do it on his own. But you bring someone else in like Jones, and you've got Gucci already in the squad. Suddenly, it's like, all right, you don't have to start him every week. You can bring him in off the bench and see what he build his confidence back up. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Well, exactly. Yeah, but that's the thing, like. It's a it's a forty six game season. It's a compressed forty six game season. So it it's not like once you're out the team, you, you said he rotates him as well. He rotates. It's not like it's, yeah. it's set eleven. Well, he likes it anyway. That's Apparently, that was his thing at Bristol like, City. He loved he loved rotating. So well, even even better in that case, then because and I I just think like look like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they're gonna be bad and I'm not gonna say it's an amazing transfer window. But we we do at least look to have. Ticked a few boxes, and I and I certainly feel like, and I'm a, we're almost certainly going to go on to why this might be the case. But I certainly feel like we are at least coming at it. This very David Brent, whatever I'm about to say, we're coming <laughs> at it from a different angle. We're very much um, we're uh, we're seeing that we're seeing the bigger picture, but we're we are though. We're not like look at the transfer dealings in the summer compared to what we've just signed now. The it does feel like there has been a change in how we're going about. Gareth, are you going to write them all off? <laughs> and I'll leave that to um, Matthew on Thursday. I just, you know, the, just to finish up on that bit, and then we'll have a quick chat and out, go and have a break, and then we'll come back and talk about a bit of to take over stuff. And the, oh, there's a game tomorrow as well, so oh, keep well, that brief because we've yeah. come on for thousands already, and we haven't even got to those things yet. But you know, I'm not. <laughs> You know, said some stuff on social media, and it's not I'm being negative about the signings are brought in or anything like that. I just well, if you want to be negative, though, you've got every right to. I just, I just think mm. we just need to relax and wait. You know, wait and see what happens. We filled some gaps that we needed to fill. We just got to hope that this time, you know, and we've signed players, and we'll, you know, it's a perfect segue here. We've signed players with excellent records at this level. Yeah, they've ultimately turned out to be. You know, flops and mm-hmm. you know, Will Grigg has talked about moving him moving on today. Still nothing confirmed. It's hard on the socials I'm looking at now. Yeah. It'll be hard to move his absolutely massive wages. It's six ten PM. It's six ten yeah. PM at the time yeah. of speaking. But like on. his his wages are a huge problem, aren't they? There was talking to go to Wigan. And there was talking to go to Wigan, um and obviously uh, MK Dons are the two Seem to be the two options at the moment. Mm. Chris McGuire, um, you know, another one um, who, you know, a bit of a shame for him in some ways. I know his, you know, performances in the last couple of months haven't been great, but I think generally of the players have brought in at this level, you could argue he's been absolutely one of the most successful of the of the crop we've brought in. He's been efficient in terms of his end product. Yeah, he's got he's an efficient producer of things that you need to win football games. Now I know there's more to it than that. We've talked about like you need a, if you're going to play a certain way, not everyone's going to fit in. But I do find the way some people are kind of just like I've never even been his biggest fan. I've had problems with him, but people are kind of just like oh well, you know, we've got this new way of playing now. Tara, Chris, and I'm kind of thinking. Like, we've got this new style of play, have we? I mean, I'm yet to see much of it. And mm. to be honest, we know with him, we do know what he can deliver. Whereas with the players that we've just been talking about, the supposed goal-scoring winger with one in ten, 
doesn't seem to deliver on that level. So I, I do think it's a little bit harsh on Maguire, the way some people are just basically like, all oh, right, Torah, mate. Like, he's been, yeah. like you say, Gareth, he's been brilliant. That's a, that's for, in, in some ways. I agree. That, that. I know it is, Chris, but th- that's not on, always the way people I, respond. When a player leaves, sometimes people are up in arms, fuming. I'm not saying you should be about Chris Maguire, but... You know, it's it seems a lot of it seems yeah, to be based on the fact yeah. that we've got this new style of play. But as a, I mean, what if that doesn't materialise and you're losing a body who you know can produce at this level? It just seems a bit risky. There's others who are much, much more yeah. ready to go on the chop and block than him. Let's be honest. There's I mean, many ahead Chris, of him. You know, if we if we're talking about next season and players like Embleton, for example. I could understand maybe next season going like, yeah, um, we'll go with Embleton over Maguire um, without Maguire being out of Conrad in the summer. Um, yep. And you got, you know, he's had a, if he's had a full pre-season, not injured, all that kind of thing. With Maguire, like at the moment, if I want somebody to come on and do something in a game, I'd be going for Maguire over Embleton at the moment because I've seen... What Maguire can well, do off to, the cuff sometimes. Well, he can stick one in the top corner, he can score a free kick. To be fair To be fair on that, we don't know for definite that say we get to the end of this evening and he hasn't got that he won't. Well I hope half, he does if he stays it could be well it could be a case that they're happy to let him go because they wanted to free up some room. Like I don't I know we've been told all the incomings are done, but I don't know whether prior mm. to today Maybe they had in mind getting someone else in, but they couldn't do that until mm. they got rid of him. That, that, that's obviously it's a just, it, I don't know. But there's a potential that he's... But not it's interesting, here, just yeah. to finish on that one, because I know we still haven't had this break and that yet, but O'Brien's playing a lot of football, <laughs> and I, I thought he was effectively undroppable, and then he kind of reverted to type on Saturday. Now, O'Brien's playing in a position that you could basically play Chris Maguire in, and no one's telling me Maguire couldn't do at least some of what O'Brien's doing and possibly more effectively. O'Brien's not done a lot here to suggest suddenly, oh, yeah, to our Chris Maguire, it's OK, we've got Aidan O'Brien now. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these players have got a lot to prove where, as you've said, Gareth, and again, this is coming from someone who probably wouldn't have gave him a new contract in the summer. He has proved it. He's actually done it. A lot of these players have done absolutely naught for this football club. Um, and people are hanging the hats on them suddenly becoming something that they haven't been. And we've done that every single bloody transfer window. Oh, it's all right, Honeyman can go, Magic can go, all he does is score goals. And But it turns out that the squad has got increasingly worse. I think that's what makes me sceptical. And I know I've got a new recruitment team and a new manager. Well, I have got a team, we've got a new man. But... The thing that makes me sceptical is we haven't done a good job in the transfer window since we got relegated. And, it, and it, every time we let players go who've got a record, it worries me. Because we tend to not improve we'll on see it. what happens, I guess. You know, everyone obviously wants them to do brilliantly. You know, of let's course. hope Jones, we, Jones is undroppable. I hope, hope so. He does find his goal scoring feet. Let's hope this lad. You know, Stuart comes in and Wags thinking, oh, I need up my game here because this lad's on, you know, breathing down my neck. Let's hope this, you know, Vogus is the new Johnny Evans. You know what I mean? The lad who we got on loan, you know, and was brilliant and 
you know, always be fondly remembered as somebody who contributed to a promotion. Let's hope, you know, all those things happen. Um, big, big move actually uh, just announced. You'll be interested in this, Chris. Is that uh, <laughs> Channel Four have got the cricket? By the look of oh, it, so there you go. Oh, so there, you know, if you're a cricket fan, there's some big breaking news there. That'll be since the first time since 2005, a Test series that's... will be on uh, terrestrial television. So that's quite exciting. And if you like cricket, when does, does that Friday start? Starts. So well, we don't we have got time for this. Actually. We've gone we've Fair. gone on for thousands. Look so. at it. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just sort of a light <laughs> ending to the. the it was a light ending to the serious bit. Um, I know. I'm just come chipping back, in. Um, when we come back, um, we'll have a chat about the game tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night, um, in the uh, Papa John's Trophy, and also the the sort of a little bit on the takeovery stuff that kind of came out over the weekend. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, and as always, we highly recommend that you head over to from the terraces.co.uk. Use the code WS10 to make an array of exciting purchases on deadline day. The great thing about from the terraces, though, is that there's no deadline day. That's not to say you shouldn't like rush out tonight and immediately buy lots of things from there. Your shorts, for example, your long sleeve polos, your short sleeve polos, your t shirts. Your coats, your jackets, they've got the lot. Your hats, everything. So get yourself over to fromtheterraces.co.uk and use the code WMS10 to get 10% off your basket. Um, Craig's gone to the toilet. Um, so me and Chris will crack on because we've been gone on for like ages. So hopefully you haven't like tuned out. I haven't even said anything, which is, I mean, great for you. Um, so hopefully you like what Chris and... Uh, Sorry, go on, go on, Chris. I was just going to say the advert's a lot slicker when it's just you, to be honest. So I think you deserve well, um, you know, commending for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll talk about 
briefly about the game tomorrow. I mean, we haven't heard. I know they said that Jones was waiting in national clearance. Obviously, Vaughan's was in the squad, so you'd expect he would come in at left back. Um, Sanderson can't play, um, so we won't be seeing him. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if the, the lad who's coming most recently, Stuart Jones, if they're available to play tomorrow night. Um, you'd, you'd be you'd be eager to get them straight in in, in this game, in in my opinion. But um, you know, freshen it up and give them something to think about for the weekend, maybe. Yeah, I think I think so. I think um, look, we've we've talked about like the kind of how many fixtures we will have to play in this season, especially. So it would make sense to me if he, and then as well, not even just from a fitness perspective, but it, it it's adding something like like fresh, isn't it? I think we've looked at stale on ideas lately. Um, so I think yeah, I, I would like to see them. Um, um, if possible, what my what I'm more concerned about is, do you think we're staying down there from Tuesday to Saturday? Because I would assume in this current lockdown landscape that it's going to be a very annoying two return trips. Do you think it would have made sense to bring the game forward Friday? Well, and just like play like back and then back? just and play I. Yes, because well, the, the competition's already. Well, we are. Well, anyway. we are playing. No, sorry, that's what I meant. Like so we might, we might as well play the game, yeah. Yeah, no, no but the competition's so we might as well already play ridiculous. The game so. Play the game tomorrow night on the Tuesday and then just stay down on the stay down and play the play the league game on the Friday night. And, and you know, rather than travelling up and down, you know, but I don't know. What, In a know, fleet of buses or whatever you need to take. That, yeah. that does seem far too yeah. sensible for English football to adopt. I'm sure I mean, they've done. Going on. Yeah. If, you, if you're a snooker fan, they've done every single snooker tournament um, of the year at Milton Keynes at the stadium. So maybe they can't. Maybe the hotels are full of snooker players. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> Snooker's taken over. It's all booked up. Does anyone Steve actually? And that just like chilling. What do you reckon's going to happen, right, with this competition? If uh, they still haven't played last year's final. <laughs> Well, they're, so they're just going to play them back to back in an, an empty Wembley? No, nah, what'll happen is they'll play this season's <sighs> final because they haven't sold any tickets for it. And sometime in 2024, when life goes back to normal, we'll get the... Who is it? Portsmouth Portsmouth and Salford. <laughs> Salford, is it? Yes. So Portsmouth by this time will be in like the Premier League and it, you know Sal- what I mean, or something ridiculous Salford's, like that. Salford's owner will have like gone... And left them with like an enormous wage bill that they can't service and that. So Port- they'll, be, they'll be out of the football league, yeah, playing support, in a football league trophy final. Portsmouth will have to play whoever Salford beat in the semi-finals. It's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that it hasn't been played. The players who were involved in that cup run have probably are left anyway. It's crackers, like. So it's- I just want. I mean, I, I'm not interested in us getting to the final, particularly one way or another. If they do, great. We're not going to be able to go anyway, the way it's going, is it? So, knowing our luck, we'll get a Wembley and win with nobody there. <laughs> well, I am massively all for getting to the final, as I've repeatedly said. Yep. I absolutely, desperately want to win it. As has Just been proven, I want to complete. I want to complete it. I want to complete it. <clears throat> did did Johnson proven. win? Our did Johnson win this trophy when he was manager of Barnsley? I don't know. Uh, they, they definitely won it. I couldn't remember whether he was in charge then. They won it. Yeah, they won the final like two one. I'm sure. 
I'm going to check. Didn't Ashley Fletcher score? I'm going. To, I'm checking now as well. So you you talk, Chris, and I'll I'll check. I, I mean, I just I think the good thing about this Pizza Cup is it gives a chance for like <laughs> like you've been saying there, especially because we've just signed a few new players. You can give a couple of them a chance. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, I suppose it gives an opportunity for some of the younger players again. Maybe I wonder if he might look at Dan Neal. Um, he might blood. He might bring. You know, a couple of players in who've been injured, give them some minutes, thirty minutes even there. We also just do to get the, get some life in them. We also do get the treat of another new kickoff time of six thirty PM. All right. It's, I love these novel kickoff times like. Which is very niche. I can't really Are you wa- are you watching it or what? Well yeah, we'll do. I'll be watching it, definitely. Well, well I'll have to pay. I don't I don't really don't want to really want to pay ten pounds to watch it when it used to cost three pounds to go to the stadium and watch these games. So absolute rip off. Yeah, but so, like the, the, the club at the prices, don't they? It was, oh no, I'm not blaming the. It was the actually club. Paul. It was Paul Hackingbottom who won the won the won the trophy final, but it Johnson got them to the final, and then Paul Hackingbottom um, won it. But it's quite funny. I mean, he was the bit the big next big thing a few years ago, didn't he? Oh, we got Leeds, and that was Wait, it for him. Yeah, the end. We got Leeds yeah. ended him, didn't they? Oh well. He got a. He did win a pizza cup him. when it was called something else. So, yeah, that'll be nice but, for him. Is that enough of that? Have we acknowledged? Yeah, the there's nothing yeah. to say about it. that game tomorrow night. We've talked about the stuff. So, that the new players. It'd be interesting to see if they get a game because of all the things we've said in the first yeah. half of the show. Yeah, get them in. I think it's exciting. Like that is an exciting. That makes it work. Like, makes us want to pay the tenner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You Definitely. want to see, you want to watch, you want to watch these players and see, you know, and then if like we win two 0 and Jones and Stewart have scored, obviously we get incredibly excited about the fact that we've done that, and then we draw one one on Saturday, <laughs> and they both have stinkers. So that, that's that's what's going to happen this week. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Right, right anyway, the semi-finals. If we win two nil. Little bit of takeover stuff at the weekend. Obviously, the story broke that basically that the current incumbents Donald and uh, and Sartori have to prove to the EFL that they have the money to put in to cover their backsides over the course of time that they will be in place at the football club alongside Louis Dreyfus, which appears to have caused a bit of a problem because we need to produce that documentation or they, they need to produce that documentation um, in order to get the thing done um, so it's not actually Louis Dreyfus's problem it's it's well it's become his problem I guess it could become his problem but it's 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 um, Donald and Sartori's problem at the moment so what is it wait a minute can I just start, is, that, is, that, that, is that is that is that Juan Sartori who was going to initially form part of a consortium with Kirill Louis Dreyfus who now doesn't want to guarantee the future of the football club so that that was is what is what that's saying to me is yes it was complete bullshit <laughs> <laughs> what you you mean we've been told something about Juan Sartori that doesn't turn out to be true I yeah. don't believe that. The, this mythical, this mythical character. going to build a car park outside a black cat's house and move here. Is oh, what he was going to do. We'll be seeing the, a lot more just... of them soon, I think. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we are. I, you know what? I would love to never see him again because he'd sold <laughs> his percentage of the club and pissed off. Anyway, Chris. Apparently, though, if you, if you, if you say that um, you, you wish they would sell, it means that you want this deal to break down. Apparently, that's what I learned yesterday. 
really. Uh, but what what so I want to happen is for the nuance. Well, I think so. Th- this is how I understood it, Chris, because I understood people were a bit like, eh, the EFL is saying you keep a hundred percent of the club when you're saying if you've got forty percent of the club, you won't guarantee its future or whatever it is. Yes. The way I understood it was, the EFL must be looking at it thinking, right. You've guaranteed that you'll run the football club and fund it at 100%. You're going to sell 60% of it and say, I'm not going to bother doing that anymore. So the EFL must be thinking, so why aren't you selling 100% of it? What, what's your 40% for? I, th- I think they're like at a basic point, the, the EFL, if there's going to be a change in ownership, the EFL have to have, it used to be 12 months, but they have to have proof that like, the the club's going to continue as a going concern, which basically means like the club's going to continue in operation. Um, mm-hmm. Just to that was off, what I meant by the yeah, guarantee yeah. of the so future just thing. To, just to head off, because some people were saying, "Well, how did these guys get in the door in the first place?" Now, if we all remember the infamous fifty million down the back of the set E comment, now <laughs> my Do my take on that, and this is just a, a theory, and it's just like guessing, but my Love theory theories. on that is the hat the show actually. There's no, there's nothing in the um, in the kind of regulations that says like the individual owner has to show like what's in their bank account. What they do have to show is that there's a plan for the business and the business can keep going. It used to be twelve months. It now appears mm-hmm. to be twenty four, which is presumably because of everything that's gone on in the last twelve months. In, Wig- Wigan, in for example. Well, not even just and, in football. I just yeah. meant like with the pandemic. But yes, like, I suppose like so. That. That's a fair. I hadn't even thought of the pandemic, but um, yeah, of course. So, so it sounds like so. Really, I think when these guys came in, and we all know they obviously have not put fifty million pounds into the club. What they could do was they could point to those parachute payments and they could say, well, look, that's the, there's the money and now we'll obviously not get down the rabbit hole of what actually happened with that. But it was, it was easy enough back then to say, well, the club's got this money coming in. There's also allegedly the case that the outgoing owner basically said it was sell to these guys or else. So that that's by the way. Now with this latest one, it sounds like what's happened is the AFL have once again said, well, Okay, there's going to be a change in ownership. Can you confirm that the club will continue as a going concern for the next two years? Now, to my mind, what it sounds like needs to happen is not only does the new incoming one have to commit to that, but so do the outgoing ones. Now, that's not to say that they have to like put up, I don't know, 10 million quid here and say, look, like there's, there's our money. They just have to commit to saying that, yeah, the club will continue in operation now. So that obviously sounds really strange. You're like, well, why on earth wouldn't they just commit to it? Now, I've long since given up trying to guess what these guys are going to do. They don't, to my mind, they don't act in a rational manner. You fit what, <laughs> what, what, but they don't, they don't. It's, it's really, it's, it's almost impossible to figure out what's going to happen next because the things that, that we would see as rational behaviour, they don't, they often don't undertake. <laughs> now, I think... I don't think an unfair point to bring up is that a month ago, um, the club's current majority owner was reported as saying that if we didn't get a certain amount of money from the AFL, we were at risk of administration. So, fair point you've made, Craig, is if they're hanging on for collectively 41%, it's a fair question for the AFL to go, well, hang on a minute, you're close to going into administration, how can you... 
how can you guarantee where's the money coming from all of a sudden for your part now it might not even be that it, it might be the case and to be fair the journalist who broke the story said it wasn't a snag now to my mind the club themselves said they expected this to be done by the middle of January this usually takes about three weeks it shouldn't still be going on now it should I mean we were told in July it was going to be done before the season started so it shouldn't be taken this long and to my mind there's, there's clearly either somebody hasn't replied to an email or somebody is refusing to commit and you have to wonder why now look this this bailout money that they were strongly reported to want now there were there were fan outlets that that get information like the Ren, the Renright army we, they they hear, they put out a statement saying that the club effectively saying that the club shouldn't be taking this money because it's going to hamper the club and that I don't believe they would have done that if they didn't have a serious belief that the option was being entertained now if if the owners now go and say the club's going to continue for two years they can no longer claim for that money I'm not saying this is what's happened but it seems like a, a potential that they're still looking and thinking well can we get that EFL money in like where, where would that go to and Ultimately, I think like there's too there's too much we don't know. Like, look, the journalist has said it's not a snag. I'm not too sure that's the case, but that it all comes back to is like, that uh, at at reluctant Nico, the the least reluctant man in the world. <laughs> I know loves a quote tweet. Reluctant Nico, <laughs> love it. Like, it's I'm, like it'll literally be a quote tweet saying like no, and it'll be a thread of tweets that to get the meaning of the no, you have to go through like a thread of these like. It's like doing one of those um, choose-your-own-story-book things. You know, you go to page nine or page 57. But yeah, so anyway, was, sorry. It was, so it was Alan, Alan Nixon from, from this one. And, and I just think, like, to me, the timeline suggests that um, it is a snag or, like, certainly somebody's not... Well, it's a delay. It's certainly a delay. Like, look, look at... I mean... We're into February now and it still hasn't been sorted. Two and a half months ago... The Guardian came out and said it would be done in two weeks. Two months ago, another fan outlet said it was going to the EFL that week, which clearly didn't happen. But so there's clearly it's clearly been delayed. That's probably the best way to put it. Now it it just it all comes back to like we can obviously have like kind of speculated there, but ultimately what it all comes back to is just like everything they've done for a long time, they just make everything ten times harder than it has to be. Like they've told us they want to get out of the club. If you want to get out of the club, then this sell. If, if, they, if they were selling, just if sell they were selling in their entirety, then like this wouldn't be an issue. They, yeah, if it's they gone. Selling, Problem if they were solved. Their entirety, you would be in now, and we'd all like look. We've just talked about like a new like the transfers coming in. We haven't really, tonight. We haven't spoken about like the new appointments at the club, but we seem to be in this like weird sort of holding position where stuff is happening on the say so of the incoming owner, but he's not officially there. And now, obviously, a lot of people see that as like a big positive, and say, "Well, it's obviously, it's obviously going to happen." But it's done until it does happen. Then, Could you say? Then we don't know. Like, let, let's be let's be fair here. Like FPP, like people, there was a story came out a couple of months ago that was like, "This has gone further than FPP." FPP was signed off by the the, the EFL, so F, FPP technically got further than this takeover has. They just didn't announce it in the manner. That they have so far than now. I still think it will happen. I, th- I feel like. Yeah, I hope so. No, I do, and I, I feel like just judging based on the behaviour like that they've displayed over the last couple of years, I feel like this is like 
yet another bit of brinkmanship to try and like kind of eke out as much as they can. And but until it happens, people people are going to be concerned and people are going to be frustrated, and we're all going to say, "Will you please just go?" Because well, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that anyway, because. Doesn't the very fact that this, whether you want to call it a snag, a delay, whatever the hell you want to call it, just shows you they're still going to have 40 plus percent of the club? That isn't, it isn't 5%. No. That's, that's 9% shy of being half of the football club. And initially, as I will repeat, we were told this was painted as a buyout by Sartori as well as Dreyfus. Well, I think, so, I think what happened that, to his input? Well, I, I mean, it's just that, a complete crock of shit. I think we might have said it on the pod before, but I think on that, it is pretty clear that when the story first came out about that, where where it was fed out from, and I think I think being this is and this is being looking at it positively. I think the fact that look, there were six weeks between that Guardian story and when they announced a deal on Christmas Eve. Now, um, Carol Louis Dreyfus went from not being a majority shareholder to being a majority. Like they they put it up as he's a majority shareholder with Satori. No, that, oh, no, that, I know. I agree with meant. that, Chris. I, what I mean, I, I agree. All of that's been really positive. I just find it disturbing that these people are still going to be hanging around like a bad smell. Uh, Gareth, I think it was you put that tweet out on the account about the slices of pies and that, and it was spot on. Like, I don't know if you want to comment on it, but like, well, just... it, it is just a case, isn't it? If you if you want if you if you still want to you know a piece of the pie, you've you've got to, you've got to pay for it. You can't you can't just you know coast on the back of somebody else's you know investment and then like whenever you eventually do decide to get out, get out, you know. Well, of course, and, and the, the thing point is where it's most lucrative for you when you when you have put anything in, it's like all they're doing is bleeding it dry. But the yeah. thing is, Gareth, no. as well, on that point, like, because cause I saw some people saying, well, surely even if they don't put their share in, or they don't commit to putting their share in, uh, Louis Dreyfus has got sufficient to keep the club going. And that that's probably the case. But if you were him, and you're, selling, and you're buying... You're buying... Half like, of... But just over half of... A you're only buying, like, reportedly 59% of a business, but you're having to put 100% of the cash in. I mean, why would... Why What's would that you, good for him? Why would you agree to that? That's well, like you know me, what, you... That's like me you know and you what, getting a mortgage. Do you know what you see? It's like me and you getting you a mortgage. You see this on Dragon's Den all the time, profit. like where the, where the you know, the, the dragons are like balking at this idea where they've, you've put no money into your business, yet you are valuing your business at this amount of money. Yeah, and this yeah. is exactly what it is. It's like, well, you're, yeah. you're valuing this business at this much, but you're not willing to put any money into to your and percentile. I, so basically, and it's I'm, like, just, I'm just funding your fancy and then when it gets sold in the future, you're going to like take a, a nice, you know, chunk of profit based on the valuation of a business, you know, at should, that time. And you've contributed that nothing to the value no of the business? From you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The other, right. the other concern, right. the, the other thing that drives you mad is we all know, anyone who's been paying attention knows that they're on, like the current ownership, are on a kind of like finite timeline here. There's only so long they can afford to stay here. They've already borrowed money from places. They've already taken, as every as every club has, in fairness and with respect to the pandemic, they've already taken like advances from like the football league and whatever else. Now we all know that the time's running out and that there's only so long they could hold on to. They either they either needed to sell now or in the very near future, or they run out of money 
and some Americans who tried to buy us a year and a bit ago pick it up for nothing. Now they've gone and found a different buyer. Look, I still think it will go through, but I think what greats is like if they are still trying to pull something, if they're still trying to eat it, you're just like, well, what are what are they doing here? Because because really, it's a pretty risky game. I mean, it it turns you into like it turns you into kind of, you overthink everything. Like when we con- I was fuming on Saturday when we conceded, but there was there's a part of us which has thought well. You know, actually, like if we get on a bit of a run here, if they can find some money from somewhere, are they going to go? Because we all know that the original plan was get promoted, sell and for sell 50, 50 million plus. <clears throat> like you can't tell me that there's not a there's a bit in their heads where they're thinking, actually, you know what, we might we might get up here. And, and the other thing which we haven't really mentioned here is the EFL can't force them to sell to anyone. So like, no, obviously that's a. The terms Disappointing. Of, the, well, yeah, so the terms of the deal have changed and they've changed in a manner that we're happy with. Now, we don't know how much they're getting paid for this 59% of the club, but changed in a manner that we're happy with. Now, that do, clearly, the original deal wasn't like this, so we don't know, like, we don't know if, if they're still, they're still not signing off on this thing, which should be like a foregone conclusion. They're obviously the the trying to work in any way which way they can to their own advantage. I don't know. Like I'm looking at like at the time of speaking again. There's like breaking news there that it looks like this Josh Madger deal might go through to Fulham. And the, the rumor is we've got a ten percent um, sell on now. There's a part. Of, I think he's. I think he's on loan now, so it's probably a moot point. But there's a part of it's you. It's a loan that, with view to a permanent. Yeah, but there's a part of you that thinks like you know what if that was permanent tonight. And they get, like, so they sell them for 10 million quid. So say we get a million pound, there's a party which looks and thinks, would the current owners, like, take that million pound and go, actually, you know what, we're going to run with it. That'll get us through the end of the season. We're going to run with it. Now, that, that, that could be talking total bollocks here. That could just be being massively conspiratorial for no reason whatsoever. But it, that's the kind of environment we're in now. Like, Craig, you kind of said it before. You can't really believe what you're told when, it, even when it comes directly from the club itself, because of what. Well, even when even Louis Dreyfus himself has commented on the fact that he's buying the club, and that's he the most be, positive thing about it. Because you like, but I, 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 I must be, but I'm thinking, is he is he wondering what on earth is going on here? Like, well, to, to I, me, I, I think, just the whole thing seems mental. I think <laughs> one of the reasons I still think. It will go through, and I, I'm possibly being hopeful, just possibly even just completely sick of it all. But, but I feel like it might just be brinkmanship from them, and like that they're kind of like final employees. This has been going on for a while now, and he's but would still that, there. But, he's still but I was going to say, but would, if if there was any brinkmanship, and we have no evidence to suggest that, but just say it, other than the the delays and whatnot. If you were him, you're thinking, I'm going to share this business with these well, that's people. The, that's the thing, isn't it? And, and Does I he think, know Sartori at all, do you know, from previous? Because obviously the connection's in I th- France. I think from what I can gather, I think that's where the the contact was initially made. Mm. But how... Well, we'll be I seeing sus- a lot more I of them. Sus- so. Well, I suspect it's one of those, you know, <laughs> where, where once again, they've potentially overrank the pudding and like how close they are like, like the, the truth of the matter is which really gets actually sporting about in the media and that but Satori's always been like Methvin's guy and like oh I know I, but, so, but they're going to go into another tangent here probably oh, yeah, we might need well, to but, I, but think, I just mean is there an opportunity because we're talking about Satori and then him not providing he's, you know he's done nothing for two years yeah 
he's never going to do anything. But maybe if he's somehow this link to Dreyfus, it means that if there's any sort of dodgy rumblings going on, at least there's somebody there who knows him and keeps it all a little bit sweet. So that, you know, yeah. like you say, we can. I, I'm, I think it'll go through. I think they'll tick the boxes. But it would have been nice if it had been done by the middle of January after all the previous delays that we've had for the well, past six months or more or whatever the hell it's been. The really frustrating thing is, like, look, like I've said, it seems like now we are in this weird holding position where this, this transfer window has been undertaken kind of like under the direction of a guy who's not officially in... I mean, if I don't think it will, but if it does fall through, God knows what's going to happen because <laughs> if he has been overseeing all this, there's going to be a, a lot of people in new jobs thinking, what on earth's going on here? But look, like, let's assume it won't and... Uh, I'm still expecting that it that it will happen. Like we're in this weird position where it looks like the new guy's been overseeing everything that's happened this window. So in a in a way, look, we've got a we've got a chance. But we're sitting here, we're twenty four games into the season, and there's there's nothing at the minute. Like the, these new lads might come good, and you know what the manager the manager might propel us at the table. But at the minute, it's looking like we've potentially chucked away another season. Not not in the interest of the football club, but in the interest of three people owning it, in the interest of them like getting a deal that suits them and and not really caring too much about in, to my mind anyway, not really caring too much about the football club. Like mm, Dunno, I think uh, I think you'll remember it was uh, in best interests of the club at heart. Oh, of course. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've, probably, probably, we've probably spoken th- about the, all of that, you know, what they've done and how they're going about it, you know. And, you know, I think there was a tweet from the account yesterday that basically just said, you know, sell up and get lost. And as I said earlier, that was interpreted by some as some sort of like, oh, well, that means you want the current deal to collapse and then, not at all. Uh, them to go and find a different buyer. That's not what the case is. The, we're, we're, as long as as long as long as they're here, you know, every like we definitely want this, you know, Louis Dreyfus to come in. Of course, we do big time. But I think as long as the uh, as long as these people here, they are. They'll not only be continually take the Mickey out of us, but they'll be they'll begin to take the Mickey out of him, and you just got to hope that he's got but, the wherewithal and the right people around him to spy it and go like, look. But at, you know, as soon as he gets in, it it's it's a step towards getting rid of them as well. Not yeah, only a step in the right direction and securing the, the future club. of the football club, isn't it? And that's exactly. what it's all about. Here, I don't exactly. want, we don't want them to be involved with the football club anymore because everything for the past two and a half years has said all that we're going to do is get worse and worse under their it's auspices. It's, it's, been, you know it's, it's been the conduct yeah. as well. Like They're not... like mm. if, if we experience success with them involved, like there's, there's going to be a bit of you where you're like, well, I don't, I don't want that. There's always going to be a sour taste just because of the way they've conducted yeah. themselves. Yeah. I think, to be fair, I know we're going to wrap up, but Gareth, I think... One of the, you were kind of straying it. Well, it's a really important point there, actually. How you you were saying like it was interpreted in some quarters as as saying we want this deal to fall through. We, we don't. We, we want this to go. We need this to go through. I mean, truthfully, this the safety net that we used to have in terms of um, potential American owners. I'm not even sure that would be there anymore if you look at what's going on at Derby. So we need this to happen now. But a point to be made now. Not all of our fans are on social media, right? Not all of our fans 
are as willing to forgive and forget as some might be, there's going to there's gonna be a significant proportion of our fan base, some might be listening to this right now, who, for as long as these guys are involved, for as long as they see that they're still holding 41%, 25%, 10% of the football club, will struggle to get will really struggle to get on board with it because they'll look and they'll see what these guys have done. They'll see the way these guys have treated fans effectively with contempt. And that's, that, that is a problem, mind, that the new owner is going gonna, is gonna to have to try and like circumnavigate because there's, there's a lot of people who we talked a couple of years ago about like we'd never felt as distant from the club. It's 10 times worse now. And there's, a, there's an awful lot of people. Who, there's a lot, a lot of people who won't come back. But it's not as simple as seeing, all right, okay, they've got 41%, but they're not involved. There's going to be people who don't live through it as much as we do. Look, we're, we're sad as that. We talk about every hour of every day. Oh, yeah, now we need to, we need to do need to wrap it up, like. <laughs> no, but, I want to have but, something to eat. But there is, I'm hungry. There is people. There is, it's a pandemic. You've got no better day. I have. I've got to eat food. <laughs> there are people. I'm starting to get the shakes. Like like, and I, need, I need to edit this and make our dinner. So. And this is the third hour of the podcast. At at night, this I'll shut up and I'll be oh, well, positive and say I do still believe it'll go through. I just feel it. Like, I think they're just dragging it out right okay that's it Weatherspoon confirms takeover it is Weatherspoon colon it's done Uh, not all the time in this Weatherspoon Weatherspoon (laughs) Weatherspoon confirms takeover the takeover is complete thank you Chris for confirming that it's definitely going to happen it's definitely done um I'd like to copy out the name Nazi in there. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know, the probably people have tuned out now because we've been going for an hour and a half. So, you know. Oh, wait, anyway, it, was a, it was a transfer but, special. You know, thank, yeah, yeah, well, there was a lot to talk about. But um, so thanks for, for sticking with it. If you did, I'm sure Stephen will be back next week to regain some sort of level of control. Um, and, <laughs> it's much needed. Yeah, um, Rory and Matthew will be back on Thursday. Uh, to preview our second visit to MK Dons in the week. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Thanks for listening. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.